Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. And I am Lance. Today we are going to do some... Nick is going to catch up on some stuff. Nick's catch up. Nick's catch up is what's on the board. Then we're going to go into some film news and then finally conclude with a review of Alex Garland's Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us about the show, the things that we talk about. Uh, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine, 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636 is where you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail, we might play it on the show and talk about it. And uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com, go there, do your shopping, and we will get a small percentage of your purchase at no extra cost to you. I'm going to use it to buy candles. Of which we burn through quickly here. Yes. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, there's yes. three main topics you, you kind of weren't here for that I know that you have thoughts. Yeah. So I think we'll start with the, with the Star Wars, uh-huh. move to the Batman, uh-huh. and then you'll have some spoilery Daredevil thoughts that we will make sure people know are spoilery. Uh, okay. Because I know, yeah. Yeah. You need it. There's one big, yep. great big fat wrinkle in the Daredevil experience. I'll have to leave the room. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet? Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. No, I haven't Lance, watched it. You shit. It's okay. Maybe, maybe it's we okay. shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Do Chaldean so. people like Daredevil? Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to ask the next Chaldean I walk around. <laughs> oh, I, I well, walk you're Chaldean, too. so I'm asking you. Um, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I. What is your heart? Uh, I don't watch you? Arrow, and I don't watch The Flash, and like I kind of think Daredevil is, was made because of those series so like you know i'm kind of late to the late to the party but i know a lot of people that say daredevil has ruined them off of the flash and arrow oh because they feel as though that it took it to another level it's kind oh. of like almost like a cop show oh with okay. superheroes you should hard, give it a hard try. crime you okay yes yeah, so I, I do i do like the crime shows yeah. i do like those so nick uh your thoughts on the star wars trailer uh it's excellent. God, have I really not been here to talk about that? Yeah, it wow. feels like forever ago since we recorded our last episode and you weren't even here for that one. Yeah, so. that's true. A lot has happened. Many moons have, have passed. Uh, <laughs> Some Star- suns yeah. on Tatooine. Those two. Yep. The Star Wars trailer is really cool. I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's interesting because I keep hearing people saying like, oh man, the first was way better or oh, the second one's way better. And I think it's a really strange thing for me to note it or for people to say because like they're both really good it's just interesting that people are comparing star wars trailers against each other (laughs) because they're both amazing and i'm like guys just don't ruin this like they're (laughs) they're both really good uh the the first one i I guess i I really like the mood of the first one it kind of set a great tone and but the new one has you know the actual theme kind of kicks kind of weaves in and we get some Mark Hamill VO and then we get of course the the money shot of Han and Chewie mm-hmm. which was just insane i almost had to take the rest of the day off of work because it was just surreal yeah it was very strange 
Uh, but it's it's great. I mean, everything is looking amazing. The aesthetic is perfect. Uh, the glimpses of all the other characters, they, they look... Like Star Wars doesn't just have a look in terms of the the costumes and the character and the and the the robots and the monsters and stuff like that the creatures, but like like f- Star Wars has like a look in terms of like the f- fashion and it's really interesting because the it was made in the seventies right and so all mm-hmm. the actors had like seventies hair yeah. and they all still kind of do which I think <laughs> is really cool I'm like all right this is not just a product of the era in in real life it's all it's just the way people look in Star in the Star Wars universe it's really neat. But everything looks it looks amazing. I mean it looks it looks great. It is still firmly my number one most anticipated of the year. All right. With no sign of wavering whatsoever. Lance, any quick thoughts on Star Wars trailer? Uh no, it looks good. Um it's uh everybody loves Star Wars. I mean, come on. Yeah. So not everybody, it's weird. I meet those few that yeah. don't and I just kinda cock my head and go, ah, I one time I saw on Reddit some guy was like, I'm a nerd, I like Star Wars. It's like, oh, you mean like the movie that everybody knows about? <laughs> like you're a nerd because you know about Star Wars? Like sure. no, everybody knows about it, everybody likes it. So, you know, it's good to have it back. Every generation has Star Wars, you know. I kinda thought about that one time. Star Wars in the seventies and then and then they had the well, the eighties had I guess Return of the Jedi, and yeah. then um, then the '90s had the re-releases, then the 2000s had, you know, episodes one, two, three. So, you know, the, ki- the kids are still getting their Star Wars. Yeah, still. and that's really yeah. cool because uh, my my cousins are about they range between like they're they're about 15 to like 20 years younger than me, and in like the the 2000s when I when they were you know younger, and then so was I. I would say, you know, they'd be like, oh, you guys like Star Wars. And they'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, who's your favorite character? And they're like, Anakin or like Obi-Wan. And I was like, that's a mistake. <laughs> like, you guys are wrong. And I was like, that's not Star Wars. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? And mind you, this is me talking to like an eight-year-old. And I'm like 24. <laughs> and they and they some of them actually, like a few of my cousins, I have mostly all boy cousins. Some of them had not seen the original trilogy. They only were watching the Clone Wars and mm, the prequels. Yeah. Which I can't hate on because if they love that, that's fine. Because when I was a kid, there were a lot of things I watched that proved that I didn't have taste either. But <laughs> I wanted to tell them, like, you should watch the original. Like, this is where it started. Yeah. And I wonder if they would like it. I'm sure they've seen them by now because they're a little bit older. And maybe they've they've come to be grown somewhat grown-ups and be like, oh, yeah, those are way better. But it's interesting because kids really loved that because that was their Star Wars. And now there's generations of kids who, like, the Avengers is their Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that is even almost even more interesting. Like this is their their thing that they'll remember from when they were children. I'll stick up for Obi Wan. Obi Wan is my favorite. Well, yeah, Obi Wan. Even, even like pre prequels, which is amazing. Like Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an Obi-Wan. amazing character, and yeah. he was still great in the prequels. Absolutely. And the Clone Wars is actually a pretty awesome show. That's what I I've hear. watched a little That's bit. I've I watched hear. I think the full first season, and it, it's excellent. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, we can move on. Okay, uh, Batman Superman trailer first trailer came out. Okay, here, here's the thing I'll say about this right away. Okay. This is not a trailer. This is a teaser. <laughs> this is a teaser trailer. Yeah. This is merely exists to give you an idea of the look This compared to the Star Wars one. It didn't really tell you what the movie was about. It just kind of gave you an idea of what it's going to look like, what some of the characters look like, and kind of the, the overall mood of the piece. That said, I think it's really cool. Okay. I think it's neat. I think... Uh, all the negative things I've heard about it, I immediately dismiss as inadmissible in court because people are being are making these huge sweeping presumptions of what the movie's about. And I'm like, I don't know. we don't know. We don't know what the movie's about yet. We have a general 2016 vague whiff you know. of what this film's about. And yeah. we know that Batman and Superman are going to argue and probably fight. 
those are the things we actually know about this movie. So that said, I think it. I think it looks cool. I think justice that, is also going to dawn. Justice will be dawn. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of really amazing, iconic looking shots in there. There's some very comic book looking moments in the trailer that I think are really cool. Uh, the dialogue doesn't really bother me because it, it kind of feels like a comic book. Uh, <clears throat> the costumes look really cool. The bat suit is sweet. The Batmobile looks big and mean. And uh, it's a, the, the com- with the comic book movies, we're at this really strange crossroads where people like the, the the Marvel fanboys and the DC fanboys are just kind of going at each other, and a lot of the arguments are just very circle jerky and <laughs> and really hypocritical because I've been reading a lot of Marvel fanboys saying like, Oh, it, it complaining about the way the costumes look. And, and I'm like, I, it looks like a, like a comic book movie. Like this is the first we're coming off of bet Nolan's Batman trilogy, which was very a realistic take, very gritty and like seemed could, could be plausible for the most part. And that was great. Those are a great series of movies, but this looks like a comic book movie again. I think that's really exciting. And a lot of people are, for some reason, choosing to poo-poo on it, even though like the thing they always say they love about the Marvel movies is that they look like comic books. And those are starting to look less like comic books because everybody's just getting more tactical-looking. They're just getting more pouches and more leather, and, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're getting just more look, like they look like they work for the government. And I see this trailer, and I'm like, holy shit, that looks cool. They look like comic book characters. Excuse there's, me, there, there are a lot of <clears throat> pouches in Liefeld comics. It's true. But like it, it's exciting to see Batman look like comic book Batman again, and Superman like looking like he should. Like, and some people will make arguments about the color palette and that, but <laughs> you know, whatever. And that notwithstanding, it, it's I think it looks cool because there's some comic bookiness to it. I mean, Batman's got a big giant mech suit, well, not a mech suit, but he's got an exoskeleton on, and he's gonna fight Superman. It doesn't really get more comic book than that. So I think it's a I think it's a great idea for DC to be moving more and away from the Nolanishness and. This kind of ties into what we'll talk about with the Joker too. Yep. But anyway, long story short, I think it's cool. I think it's it's neat they're going darker with Superman. I know uh, Tim especially is really against that, and I respect his opinion. I think that they're doing something interesting though. I think that DC, and I said this really well to to you guys the other day, and I don't think I'll be able to be as um, <coughs> clear. Okay. Yeah. See, I couldn't even think of the word right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, warning of things to come um <laughs> the thing that really intrigues me see marvel i'm really bored the only movies i'm excited for are ant-man and dr strange because they're two characters that i love and they're movies that i don't know how they're going to tie in if they're going to tie in they're kind of on their own the rest of their slate i don't really care about because i already know every movie that's coming out i know when it's coming out i know the actors i know the characters and i kind of have a vague idea of where it's all going for the next six years yeah essentially that's cool i'll see you at the end of at the finish line with DC, I kind of have no idea what's going on. And it could be bad. It could be really bad. But I think it could be good, too. And either way, it's more interesting than what's going on with Marvel. So it makes me excited. And the other thing about the... You know, I watched the Avengers trailer, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I see, you know, kind of the general tone of a lot of Marvel's movies. And they they do get a lot of praise for, like, being a little more, I think, fun, lighthearted. And now Daredevil comes out, and everybody's like, whoa, this is really way more fun. Because it's actually made for kind of grown-ups to watch. And I think the cool thing that DC seems like they're doing is they're not, they're, they're kind of making movies for us, for like the people that grew up reading comics, the people that are like in their 30s that are the ones that want to go and pay money to see this story come to life. It's not, uh, they're not being made to sell Legos or like Lego tie-in video games or, you know, action figures. These seem like they're movies that are being made to tell a story and to be a movie. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm not wrong in that. 
estimation, but I, I really, you know, am intrigued by that idea that we're going to get something adult. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I we, you can go back to our Man of Steel review to hear about how I didn't want Superman to be dark, so I'm not going to tread on that much. But Lance, did you have any thoughts on Batman v Superman? Um, talking about darkness, uh you know they color corrected uh, Man of Steel. Did, yeah. you, did you see that video? Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was great to watch that because like <laughs> because I mean I'm one of the I don't know if I'm one of the few people I'm probably one of the millions of people who thought that Man of Steel was uh, just a joyless uh, affair. <laughs> but uh, I mean you know it was very yeah very dark very like against what I think of Superman. Yeah, but like you said, it's interesting. It's it's interesting that they're taking it that way and you know making it more for grown-ups because Superman what invented 1930s something like that yeah. so that was you know it let the character evolve you know mm-hmm. let it let it change a little bit you know I'm sure that's that's probably something good to do you know change is good and that's, I'm I'm pretty sure I said and I said that and in the, our Man of Steel review I said the reason I was kind of okay with it being dark is I think Superman especially in that movie is learning to become Superman yes yeah. he's a younger guy and he's not. Superman, I don't think, burst forth from his mother's alien womb and landed on Earth and was just like, yes, optimism about everything. Like, yeah. He's got a, he he comes from he comes to a really imperfect planet, and mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, you know, one of his powers is not like emotional fortitude. Like he he has to learn <laughs> that humans are flawed. It's like that, true origin, OG origin, kind story. of, yeah. And yeah. I and I'm hoping that this is going to be the movie where we see a little bit more of that. And I think a lot of the glimpses in the trailer, a lot of the kind of almost like heavenly iconography of him is really interesting. And I kind of think he's going to be a little bit more in that mode of like, we might get a little bit of like Christopher Reeve, like cheesiness of him flying around the planet really quick and like stopping like a volcano from erupting. And like, <laughs> I hope we get some of that because I, I totally know where Tim is coming from. I do want to see Superman being Superman, but at the same time in 2015, which is like when this movie takes place, 2016, I'm sorry. Uh, if Superman was real, like the world would not react in a positive, like go get him kind of way. No, I mean, that's true. I mean, look at what's going on literally right now in the country. Like, there, there's a lot of unrest. And if this superpowered being dropped in the middle of our country and was like, hey, I'm here, what's up? You guys want a party? Uh, it'd be like, why the last man? Uh-huh. Well, we, you know, this character's going to be pulled in 500 different directions. Yeah. I get that. But in the same thing, it's like, I, don't, I really don't want to talk about this as much as I want to talk about this, which makes mm-hmm. no sense. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to leave it there. We'll let it sit. So basically, TLDR, I get where everyone's coming from for the most part. I mean, I get where you guys are coming from. The internet at large, screw yourself because you guys are <laughs> you guys are out of control. Just calm the fuck down. For sure. It's for a, sure. It's a teaser. Oh, yeah. And I, I, like, I haven't stated anything about that. I haven't seen and I, I think I think it's going in an interesting direction. And I'll say what every comic nerd has said to me anytime I've complained about anything in a comic book movie. Uh well if you want that story it'll always be there in the comic books so don't worry about it <laughs> that's that's you know yeah take your own medicine okay uh did you want to go into anything on Daredevil is there anything like do it do it I'll no I we don't have to okay. I, I think I pretty much already said like and you should you should listen to the episode because I think I co- I covered you pretty well I, I think, yeah I think Gojo I, and I got you covered I so. like it I like it a lot I think the first half of the season is phenomenal. I think it's like 10 out of 10. I think that it's still good with this with episode 7, the stick episode, and then it kind of starts to w- wiggle a little bit and starts to lose balance. It's like it's like watching a top spin and it's just perfect at first. Everything's in sync. Everything's great and then, with the exception of foggy. And <laughs> then then it just starts to go wiggle a little bit, but then it recovers at the end and kind of ends on an okay note. I just my major 
my two major complaints, um, three really. The, the final fight is really anticlimactic and just kind of goofy. Yep. The final shot of the series is probably the worst final shot of any superhero <laughs> property that's ever been made. Like, I dare say the final shot in Catwoman is probably better. <laughs> it's just abysmal and embarrassing. And I don't know what they were thinking when they're like, yeah, print it. It's great. <laughs> like, that's the best take we got. Like, what, what are you doing? It feels like Arrow. It feels like a, a commercial break shot from Arrow. Don't do yeah. that, Marvel. Don't do that. And the third thing, the biggest thing, if anyone's listened to the episode, they already know. I won't get into it because Lance is here, but it it is just a colossal mistake. Yeah. And unnecessary, cheap, lazy, and uninspired. And stupid. Just just a bad <laughs> choice all around. There's nothing good about it. it. It in no way enhances the show. It detracts from the show. So... You know, if, if anybody's listening to just this episode and not the Daredevil one and wants elaboration, I can come back in another episode about okay. it. But I, I don't think anyone's really clamoring for me to talk more. All right. Uh, so I've got maybe maybe 10 more minutes on the docket total. I'll hit a few things real quick. Daredevil is getting a season two. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. It's going to come out in 2016. No idea if it's coming before or after The Defenders or before or after Iron Fist. It's got to be before because... Defenders won't be till 17, probably. No. It's Defenders 16? Because Jessica Jones is this later year. this year. Yeah. And then, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I we suppose. still have to do Luke and Iron Fist. Luke and Iron Fist. And, and Daredevil Iron, Season 2, apparently. Iron Fist isn't even, isn't even cast. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Daredevil Season 2 will lead into Defenders. What if there, yeah? What if it's Daredevil season two colon Defenders like Captain America three colon Civil War? I don't think it'll be that. No, I don't think so either. That would be stupid. So. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad they're they're not prioritizing, but I'm glad they're kind of on the ball now with the shows that they need to come out a little sooner because people like destroyed Netflix with Daredevil. Yeah. But you know, I don't want them to rush it. But 2017 Agreed. seems reasonable for Defenders. Hell, if three of them come out next year, I'm all for it. Yeah. But well, four of them, shit, that'll be four Netflix. I mean, that's that's a lot of a lot of shooting. I, like Daredevil is the highest viewed thing that's been on Netflix. Like it's it's their of their Netflix originals. It is the one that's done the best. So Good. Wow. I have the feeling that they're going to start. It, it is honestly really very great. Like you definitely watch it, Lance. Okay, yeah. all right. Forgive some of its mistakes early on. They they get better, but in the end, you'll probably just kind of go. You have to watch because I want to hear Lance. I want to hear Lance. <laughs> what, what I say about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Always good. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else real quick. Fast and Furious Eight is coming in April 2017. Lance, did you see Fast and Furious Seven? Yeah, I was there with you guys. Yeah, you were. You were. <laughs> God. But wow. I didn't see Fast. Way to go, Alex. I didn't see Fast Four, Five, or Six. That's true. So that's, that's probably true. why. You think because I told so, you that that, that, that <laughs> like I was skip. I only did the odd ones. I just disowned I did you. one, three. Part of five and seven, so I just <laughs> the reverse Star Trek as it's known. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. What do you think about an eighth one coming? Um, that's fine. I mean, you know, you're not gonna, you know, disappoint me if you do another Fast and Furious <laughs> movie. I mean, like, you know, like you make another one. It's kind of like it's like it's like kind of like it's like, are you hungry for a Fast and Furious? I don't know, Fast and Furious. Say, I don't know. Maybe you know, I could, I could eat. I could, I could. I, and then, and then they bring the, to the table, and you're like, have some, have some Fast and Furious. Say, and you're like, okay, I'll take some. Can I take some home? It always you know, comes like, around to food because I, I compared it to a Snickers. Yeah, like it's. We, it's why it's do satisfying. we associate it with something just indulgent? Like, yeah. No, I don't know. It's no surprise. It, it's the fastest movie to a billion dollars worldwide mm. ever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, apparently, like one, like the seventh biggest gross. 
box office gross ever. Yeah, it clearly so. in Fast Seven it was not running out of steam. So uh, it's it's debatable. I, I feel like I they I feel like they should be done. You think the the, the pinnacle was uh, Fast Fast Six? I think Six was the pinnacle. Yeah. I think yeah. Seven is a little bit of falling action. Okay, okay. I'd be okay right. with them finishing it up. But if they figure out a way to, like we were saying, like maybe make it a little bit smaller, make it a little bit more effective make it renew it a little bit we had an amazing outline for it it was amazing and i completely forgot every single detail of it yeah i don't i don't it was uh oh it was um mama shaw it was it was a uh it was them being hired to escort the prison transport for shaw and then helen mirren helen mirren as mother shaw yeah showing up and trying to break him out and then they have to team up with I don't remember now. Yeah, it was. It involved know. it involved them being involved in the prison transport, and yeah. it was pretty. It was kind of cool. That's I think. It's oh, because because I said I wanted it to be more like Need for Speed. I wanted like a coast to coast race. Yeah. And then someone said, "What if it's like a prison transport going across like several states yeah. or something outlandish like that?" And uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think they got to do something. They can't just keep blowing up bigger and bigger and bigger. No, because you, you it was too big in this one. Like the bubble burst for me, definitely. Yeah. Okay, uh, one other thing real quick. No, we're not even going to get to that because Tim's not here. We'll wait on the Bloodshot Valiant news. Uh, but Tease it. Yeah, just a little tease there. Next time Tim's on the podcast, we'll talk about it. But probably the one of the biggest stories that came out, uh, David Ayer tweeted out a photo of Jared Leto as the Joker from Suicide Squad. Uh, Lance, I'll let you start. What did you think of this look for the joker um uh you know he was pretty uh he looks like a psycho which um kind of jack nicholson was your kind of gangster joker where he was like cool you know loved women kind of thing loved guns and stuff like that and then um heath ledger was your anarchist kind of joker where it's just it didn't matter everything just had to go yeah, and then um, <laughs> and then uh, and now like he's clearly a psychopath with all the tattoos and the t- he's probably pulled out his own teeth and <laughs> he's got uh, just just this kind of big big look in his eyes that says like I'm like there's this brain is just it's, it's just just a whole bunch of mess damaged damaged yeah <laughs> yeah so so uh, yeah and you know. Does he look a little bit like the Riddler from Batman Forever? Yes, <laughs> but mm. I'll, I'll accept it. I didn't even make that association. Yeah, colors mm-hmm. hair a little red, and mm-hmm. yeah, but just you know, like I guess pale, skinny kind of. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of all there. Yeah. <clears throat> Nick, your thoughts? <clears throat> well, I've been hearing over the last two days that he is not going to have the tattoos in the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. There, there are. I've been reading this and I think it has yet to come as like an official statement, but somebody, you know, a couple people were saying like, that's not his actual look in the movie that the barrage of Joker iconography iconography was part of David Ayer's tweet. Cause he tweets happy 75th anniversary Joker. Yeah. So somebody was saying that all the, the crazy, you know, Joker logos and that kind of stuff, the stuff we associate with the Joker was just put on him as just a publicity thing. But the the reveal was to show his face and the teeth I think and the hair and then the Michael Jackson glove and either way I I'm in which I know is not the popular opinion but 
I, I think it's interesting. I think it's really different. I think, as Lance already highlighted, you've had two very distinct Jokers. Anything close to either of those two would just be judged as an imitation, and it would probably not satisfy anyone. They'd probably say, oh, Heath was better, oh, Jack was better. I think you got to take it into a, a radically different direction. I think the idea of a Joker who was was in a gang or something and or spent some time in prison, for sure, and got, got a little tatted up. And, you know, I mean, Batman dresses in a like a bat and he has bat shaped toys and drives a batmobile he's covered in bat shit why can't <laughs> he's covered in guano <laughs> why that, can't the joker be jokered out that was one of my favorite pictures in the reddit comments was oh it was hysterical yeah the, the young bruce wayne yeah, yeah it was yeah. ben affleck with just like yeah. man tattoos yeah, all yeah. <laughs> it was funny and said like i miss my mom and that kind of yeah. stuff yeah it was funny it was funny but i, I think like when Heath Ledger got announced as a Joker, when they, you know people were like, eh, and then the picture got released, and people were still kind of like, eh, and this reaction is to be expected, I think, for anything. I mean, they're going out there for sure. I know it, it's pretty radical, but I'm not really turned off by it. The only tattoo I hate is the damaged one. It just seems to make no sense. But someone told me the other day that the the theory circulating is that you know, if Suicide Squad is about what a lot of us think it's going to be about and they're breaking into Arkham for something and the Joker is a ancillary character in it who's locked up in there, if it's like the DC animated movie slash the comics, Harley's pretty pissed at the Joker and she doesn't want anything to do with him. And the theory was that she actually tattooed that on his head, which is why it looks like a female kind of script. Uh, and it was like her way of being like, fuck you, Mr. J type thing. And I was that's like, interesting. that's really cool, actually. That yeah. kind of makes me that like it. That would be a cool meaning. Or a cool, a cool reason to have it there, at least. Yeah, it still would be really distracting to look at, but yeah. I think that actually is some pretty interesting backstory, and I love the idea that when that movie would start, the two of them would be at odds with each other, because yeah. that's the opposite of the dynamic we're used to with those two. So if that theory comes to pass, i got to say, they might have actually won me over with it, because at least it's motivated now. Yeah. Before, I just was staring at it going, what the, is that just a weird blemish on my screen? Because it didn't make <laughs> any sense. But I think yeah. uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's different, and I frankly, I'm I'm probably more happy we get something like that rather than just like Jared Leto in like purple clothes, because at least this is something to talk about. Oh, the teeth are amazing. Teeth is the coolest the coolest bit. Mm. If I get like a just a quick Arrested Development style cut of just Batman punching all his teeth out, it's like a <laughs> flashback. I'll just laugh so hard. It'd be awesome. Yeah. No, I think it's cool overall. I yeah I didn't I the only thing that I don't really like about any of it is the tattoos and if those are all gone or I don't you know whatever I think basically just reiterating it all I feel like this is them distancing themselves from Heath Ledger's Joker because they're never going to get that again and to me it feels a lot more like a uh, like an animated series Joker like. Oh, he looks crazy. Yeah, like, he like, looks that look on his face is full blown psychotic, like Lance said, and that's pretty cool. I can almost hear Mark Hamill's laugh coming out of his mouth. In yeah, that, in that face. Yeah. So. so, so going that way, I'm not. I'm certainly not disappointed in it. I'm interested to see it in motion, to see him in motion, to see how he, like, to see his portrayal. Like, it's more about the portrayal as the Joker than it really isn't even is about the look. Sure. So, um, you know, I'm. Yeah, it's cool. Not as not as butt hurt as others who could possibly be on this podcast are, but you know, we'll have them weigh in at some point, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, I think that's about it for news. So it's time that we move into our full review of Alex Garland's Ex Machina, starring uh, Alicia Vikander. Alicia. Alicia. Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I messed that up. I'm gonna mess up this one too. Donald Gleason. 
Oscar Isaac and uh, Sonoya Mizuno. And uh, the IMDb synopsis says, a young programmer is selected to participate in a breakthrough experiment in artificial intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking female AI. Um, so Alex Garland, somebody who wrote uh, Sun- uh, Sunshine and 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so obviously a Danny Boyle. And the uh, Beach. Uh, contributor. And Dread. Collaborator. And Dread. And Enslaved Odyssey to the West. <laughs> <laughs> so some of those movies you might like, and uh, like like as we do. And uh, that definitely is one of the things that made it interesting to us. I know it was on Lance's list of uh, 15 movies to see in 15. So, uh, Lance, do you want to start? What did you think of Ex Machina? Non-spoilery. Non-spoilery? Uh, okay. Um, this is a sci-fi movie uh, with good actors mm-hmm. and competent direction and good visual effects, which um, we'll get into that with the full review, but kind of like the effects kind of mirror what the movie's about, kind of this falling falling um or believing that this computerized thing is actually real mm-hmm. um and i i can say some things about ex machina that like i loved it but i'm not in love with it kind of thing where it's like only time will tell if this movie will be considered like a classic i think it be, because right now the effect like the like I was I don't know if I was expecting like like wow when I saw the movie I was just expecting something really good maybe something that I want to re- rewatch again but this film kind of right now I kind of I kind of like it where it is just I'll see it once and that's pretty much it I feel you know and it's it's sad to say about Alex Garland who's such a promising writer I mean 28 days later in sunshine are you know phenomenal films Directed by Danny Boyle, who's just this kinetic director, mm-hmm. you know, that that, that might have been what this film needed, but then it would be a Danny Boyle film, which is, you know, he's on to different things right now. But um, I I liked it. I, I liked it. And. And yeah, it's 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 a good way to pass the time. Thank you. All right. Nick, what well do you think of Ex Machina? I liked it as well. I don't know to what degree yet. I think initially walking out of it, I liked it a little bit less than I do now, probably, but I still liked it. Uh, I expected, or I I wanted something thought-provoking, and it delivered on that front, definitely. But I think the movie is at a, uh, it's kind of, could could have gone one of two ways. I think it could have gone really big with its idea, because what it, it's, the subject matter is huge. Mm -hmm. Like, it's huge concepts, very, very interesting uh, stuff in real life and then you know to, to watch it played out on screen is really interesting as well he could have gone i think really big with it kind of like interstellar like this blow up this huge idea and really get out there with it super like transcendence well i haven't seen it yet so i can't say <laughs> but i doubt it um but no it could have gone it could have been less character driven and been more about the ideas and had these characters in it all kind of along for the ride or it could have been a smaller narrative and I think it kind of tried to split the difference, and as a result, didn't really succeed at either. It definitely uh, he was a little closer to the the smaller narrative, yeah. But then it kind of starts to come off the tracks. I think in the third act, which seems to be a 
a Danny Boyle, or I'm sorry, a uh, Alex Garland thing, because I know a lot of people have that complaint about Sunshine. I disagree 100%. I think Sunshine's amazing from first to last. But this movie, uh, the third act is different from, I think, the rest of the movie. And the movie barely has two acts before that anyway, because it's structured very strangely. Yeah. And I'm sure they're there. Next time I see it, I'm sure I'll detect, like, okay, here's where. I think they're there. And, and I, can, yeah, they're, they're, they're soft, soft act breaks. Yeah. Uh, but the direction is uh, incredible. It's very well shot. It's the, the the blocking is is great. It's never boring to look at. The effects are seamless. They're amazing. Like I, I was like, wow, I don't, I actually don't know what's practical and what's not. Like it was really hard to for me to determine, you know, uh, where CG started and ended. So mm-hmm. huge accolades for for a first time director. It was a great project to tackle. Because he he picked you know it's a relatively small movie it's all kind of in one place and and so it can stay kind of concentrated but the making that seem convincing is a huge task I think and he did an excellent job it's very moody right from the start it's got a great vibe I was I was sucked in right away mm-hmm. and along for the ride so it's uh it's a strong movie I think it's a great debut. For sure, for someone who's a writer to to step in and he kind of be the opposite of Wally Pfister, great uh, <laughs> segue off of one role and into another. He did a really good job, and I think if he chooses to move forward as a writer director, he's he's got a future definitely. It's just weird to say like his script probably needed one more revision coming from an experienced screenwriter, but yeah. hey, what do I know? Everybody in it's very good though. All the performances are excellent. Oscar Isaac is as always. Kind of the ten, absolutely. So, uh, and Don Donald Gleason is uh, he's he kind of, he plays kind of the same character in Frank, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just this guy who's brought Whoa. along by like this older mentor, and he's locked away in a remote place, and like has this weird experience, and kind of ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when the movie ended, I was like, God, that was like Frank, except. Uh, <laughs> So have you did you have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you yeah. know Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know? He's kind of becoming that guy. So he's good though. He's very good in this. And uh, uh, Alice, uh, say one more time. Alicia. Alicia, uh, phenomenal, excellent. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before, and she's very good. She was in uh, Anna Karenina, with yes. also with Donald Gleason. Yes. And uh, I did look at her filmography, and she's been around, so mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. Maybe this will get her some more attention. But it's uh, it's very good. I recommend seeing it. It's uh, if only for the the look and the, and the feel of it. It's very. There are some very effective sequences that really kind of almost like two thousand one, where you're kind of in this lull throughout the movie, and then something happens that makes you sit up and go, "Whoa, shit!" So it's uh, it's well made for sure. Yeah, I uh, probably all the way through Act Two, I was kind of like, I think this movie has a chance at my top ten, and then Act Three kind of hit, and I was like, hmm. Maybe not. I think uh, I was absolutely captivated, like you said. Mm-hmm. I like right from the get go. I'm like, oh, I'm in. I want to know what's going on. I want to know why these people are here. Why they're doing what they're doing. You know, and and I'm sitting there the whole time, kind of like, where is, where's the like? Eh, I'll, I'll get into spoilers with that. I don't want to say anything about that yet. But uh, all the performances are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved just watching Elisa Vikander just trying to like find the edges of where her performance of, is human and where it's kind of right. enjoyed. Like just seeing the mannerisms and things kind of fall into place was fascinating. 
And then even just from an effects standpoint, I'm sitting there the whole time like, how the hell, like, does she have, like, a green screen cap on right now? Or is it a prosthetic? Or, like, what are they actually shooting? Yeah. Like, I I still don't know. Like, I haven't even, like, I haven't tried to even find out, but I'm still just kind of, like, my mind's a little bit blown on how they got all that to come together. Um, But I think... I think this movie is extremely effective on its topic. I think it's something that yes, a lot of us should really look at and kind of see where things are heading. Like I, I know a lot of the times when when it comes to like AI, there are these stalwarts that are like AI is amazing and we need to keep working towards making more effective and then you have people out there like Elon Musk who's like this is the death of humans. You need to not do this. And I think this movie is a really beautiful illustration of like Kind of both sides of that argument. It's like, it's a cautionary tale. It, right? it, no, it, it, yeah, and it absolutely is. But I feel like it's kind of it's a beautiful glimpse at that. I think most of the time, looking at a movie like I don't know, Bicentennial Man, and like <laughs> AI and things like that, you don't necessarily get the the like this this leads to your death kind of thing, which <laughs> I think is I think is really great for this movie. But um, I wish the soundtrack was a little bit more engaging. I, I I do think that kind of as as you said it does the movie kind of brings you into a lull and I and I think that that's cool but I just feel as though the movie could have been compl- like complemented by its soundtrack a little bit a little more. So yeah, you just, get you get one real musical sting at the movie in a very pivotal point and I that it was cool but I wanted more. I wanted like I wanted really recognizable themes and like just kind of things it doesn't need to be overstated. I just wanted it to be kind of bubbling, and I don't really feel like it was quite there. Um, I think Oscar Isaac is terrifying. Like, he's he's weirdly terrifying and endearing at the same time, which is what kind of makes his performance really beautiful. Man, that's interesting. This is what we're going to talk about in spoilers. Yeah? That's, yeah. Oscar yeah. Isaac? Uh-huh. Okay. We can do that. He could, um, he could beat you up for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, other among other things, we'll talk about. Yeah, that. yeah. I I feel like at any point he could have like just killed Donald Gleason and 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 like it's, but at the same time, I don't know. He just he's got this really weird, threatening persona that is still somehow really endearing to me. And so um, apparently we'll get into that in spoiler Terry spoiler Terry a little bit. But I don't know. I don't want to say too much more without going to spoilers. I think it's a great movie. I think it's worth seeing. I do think it falls short in the third act, and I really wish that, as Nick said, that it kind of committed in one of the two directions that it was trying to head towards. I think it would have, there would have been a way to really put some polish on that third act that would have either, you know, made it really intimate and made it really, you know, effective in terms of telling this encapsulated story, or there would have been a really good way to kind of like segue it into something much larger. And it really feels like it tries to do both, and I don't think it quite quite checks the box on either so i do think alex garland could write and direct a portal movie and i'd be 100 percent okay with it there were some very portally vibes in this movie the aesthetic of the like i I don't obviously i don't think it was all a location i think there must have been some set in there but whatever it was it's all perfect and really awesomely realized Mm -hmm. and makes me wonder what is the rest of this world like i want i really wanted to be like what are these 
I think Alex Garland was quoted as saying that the movie takes place five, in a future five minutes from now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. In, in, the, in the IMDb trivia, there's this really good quote of how he's like, if Google or Facebook or somebody came out and said they have this AI here that works exactly like what you see in this movie, you'd be a little surprised, but you wouldn't be that surprised, which I think is really, really cool and, and kind of poignant and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, he does, he does a very commendable job of taking high concept sci-fi like that and making it seem very possible and inevitable, really. Yeah. So he, he does deserve, just because the movie isn't like, you know, you know knocking out of the park for any of us, I, I think, obviously, if the fault lies with anyone, it's him, but you can't, you can't really rag on him too hard because he does a really impressive job. With yeah, it. and it's a fantastic debut. Like, oh, yeah. Like you said, there's, I don't, I think there are a lot of debuts that pale in comparison to what was done here. And Transcendence yeah, is the inevitable well, comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, all right, we will take a quick break and then we'll head right into, we will head right into, if I can speak correctly, spoiler Terry. Mm-hmm. Brax Michael. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Ex Machina. So, Nick, you were, I think you want to spar a little bit on Oscar Isaac. No, no, no. <laughs> Oscar Isaac wants to spar that. with you. Yeah, he does. Uh, I just think it's really interesting because you're not the only, you're not the only person I've, I've heard from that says they, they view him as very, very threatening and like scary. And the whole, I, I don't think that at all, really. It's really it, interesting. I think that the, he's definitely eccentric and he's definitely uh, kind of an alcoholic sometimes, but he, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever was like, felt like Dom, Donald Gleason was like threatened by him. But to me, it's much more about he's he feels very abrasive. Yeah. To, to me, when like I was looking at them converse, I'd look at Oscar Isaac and be like, he's not in this conversation right now. He's mm-hmm. thinking about something. He's and the, and then he'd he'd inevitably be like, this isn't the conversation I want to be having. Let's go this way. And on top of that, it just feels as though he's really super calculated in everything that he's like doing and with how he's interacting. And to me, that's that's scary. <laughs> if I meet somebody like that, I'm terrified because I know that I am just like either playing into their hand or things aren't going the way they want them to. Like it's it's a really weird fine line. And I I feel like Donald Gleason, you get that first meeting of them, and and Oscar Isaac's just kind of like, okay, let's get over the whole, you yeah, know, I'm the CEO, like whatever, and let's just be us. And that's where his he kind of lets his defenses down a little bit. And, and then that's kind of when you're supposed to let go of it. But for me, it was just kind of like nothing here feels like I am the one who's in control of the situation. And for me, that's terrifying. I guess I can see that. he's. It's definitely – I think it's pretty apparent from the the audience perspective that he's not quite on the level all the time. Yeah. But I think – it's hard to tell initially how Donald Gleason feels about him because it feels like he kind of buys into it and then he doesn't. And obviously it's all part of a larger puppet master scenario that he's kind of orchestrated this whole thing and, you know, put him there for a reason with her for a reason as she exists. Mm -hmm. But I guess I never really thought anything about him seemed anything other than what I would have expected someone like that to be. 
that's a really complex sentence, but uh, <laughs> he was basically exactly what I expected. I'm like, okay, he's a like trillionaire living in an underground facility making AIs. This feels exactly like what that guy would be like. He'd be very intense to talk to. He would probably hit the bottle hard, hit the hit the heavy bag hard, and just be exactly what was portrayed. Like nothing about him felt too creepy to me because I felt like if I was in that position and I was in that house, he's exactly what I would expect. And I'd be like, hey, he's a weird guy, but he's feeding me and housing me and he brought me here to do a job and I'm going to probably do it. But I don't fit the profile of Donald Gleason's character. So <laughs> that's why I wouldn't be selected for this because I'd be there and I'd be like, hey man, cool. Wow, this AI is sweet. Let's talk to it. Great meeting you. Thanks for the See experience. <laughs> and I'd be out of there because here's the biggest thing at the end of the day, that's a machine. That's that is artificial intelligence. That's not, you know, that's not true organic intelligence. And for, I get it. Like I was watching the movie, and I was like, I found myself like smiling and reacting to some of the things she would say. And I was like, oh, that's funny, and like this kind of thing. And I was like, wow, I'm being, I'm being. Uh, you gotta help me with a word again. Entertained by this AI. Yeah, but kind of like my, I'm being. Uh, never mind. It's. It, it was working. It was working. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Seduced, yeah. No, it wasn't any of that. It was just that I, I was being... Uh, Intrigued. This word. You, what's the word I'm looking for? Right in. <laughs> it, basically, she, it, was, this, it was working. It's the Netherlands her, word. Her charm was working on me. And uh, I was like, wow, as the audience member, that's funny. Because that always happens anyway when you're watching a movie. Because their characters are not real. Yeah. So even if you kind of be like, oh, man, that's funny. Or like, that's a cool guy. Or, oh, I love that character. Like, that's just the nature of movies. But for it to go a step further and have a an artificial character do that. I was like, oh, all right, that's kind of clever. So I could see how if the if I was in this scenario, I'd be very intrigued. But at the end of the day, I know that that's artificial, that that's not a real person. As, as much as it, I don't think I could ever trust it. You know what I mean? Because like, I'll see these movies and I can feel sympathetic for like R2-D2. We watch that and we're like, oh, poor little guy. Even though he's just a robot. He's not even really AI, truly. He's, he's a droid. Which I guess the line is kind of great. Anyway, it's it's an interesting well, movie because not, it really makes you think because you're like I could I could meet this organism this thing whatever it is real artificial and I could start to take pity on it because it might be like oh I just want to see what the sky looks like but I feel like I'm the type of person who at the end of the day is always going why do you want to <laughs> see what the sky see, looks like? See, but here's like? the thing: is like if it's a real AI, then if it's a real AI and it's not calculating your death as this one clearly is all the time <laughs> then that ai could fall in love with you and it could be real because that ai has consciousness sure and and i thought of the movie her while we were watching it absolutely but i liked this movie better than her because so? i had i bought into this better than i bought into her that, that makes sense to her me. her is a disembodied voice yeah and he even said, like, okay, they'll just think it's a person. But th- this, was, this was a face that was reacting mm-hmm. and, like, having human expression. And obviously a human face is we, I think we, as humans, attach to that and interact with that on a level that, like, that, that's, there's nothing else like it. So I think that it, w- it, was a, it was very clever on Oscar Isaac's part to, like, make, make this machine the way he did, make it look the way he did, make it sound the way he did. And, and obviously he just took all this data from this one guy and pl- made this perfect ideal machine to watch how he would react to it. The plot of the movie is brilliant. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. It's, a, it's like a great Twilight Zone episode, like Lance said. Yeah. But the ending is just very unsatisfying, and I don't know why, because 
everyone kind of gets what they deserve, but for some reason it feels a little meaner than they deserve. Like the movie just kind of goes out of its way to be like, those guys screwed up. This is what happens. And it's just kind of brutal. I didn't kind of, I, like I said, I kind of wanted the ending of Oscar Isaac, like succeeding in like stopping them and being like, bro, holy (laughs) shit. Did you just see that? Let's dance. (laughs) Should have ended with a dance. I kind of, I kind of wanted it to end on like a more of a note of like, beware. But instead, it was just kind of like a, you goofed. <laughs> you, you we all, we all now made this a thing, Now this thing is on the loose, kind of, which is creepy. It's not a bad ending. I think maybe just the problem is it's just not the one I wanted, or I think the one that the movie was naturally gravitating towards. Because it gets, it's brutal. It's pretty dark. Yeah. And the, 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 there were there was some moments of darkness for sure. I mean, as soon as Donald Gleason starts to get into the security system, you see that robot destroying itself against the door. I was like, whoa, that was dark. With that AI, I'm sorry, it's not really a robot. That <laughs> that was that was dark, and it, it was you know difficult to watch. But Lance, what do you want to talk about? Non or spoiler wise? Oh, spoiler wise. Um, well, the ending, yeah, just like she kind of goes against what she believed at the end where she uh she's asking why should anybody have the decision to turn me off or something like that but then at the end she decides to kill off. her yeah. creator and then you know imprison Donald Gleason's character Caleb and it's it's a little bit unfair really you know it's so like is she really a human at the end you know because like she possesses all these human qualities but then yeah she has no sympathy for other humans so you know it was a strange choice yeah. to lock him up that's a really interesting yeah. point you raised i mean it's just a little bit um and you know and you were mentioning how like she looks and everything like that and you're like i mean we look at her we see her they mentioned the turing test is like you're not supposed to see the the, the machine the, the machine yeah. you know but we actually clearly see the machine and he asks oscar isaac's character uh nathan a question he's like why why do i see the machine it's not a real turing test and then oscar isaac kind of like bullshits him and tells him why um he's just kind of like we already did that don't yes, worry about it yeah but uh you know if you recall uh what's her name in the, in the movie ava. Ava. ava ava her she is version 9.6 or something like that yeah, yeah. and previous versions before her had human skin and hair and stuff like that so you know she she could have looked like that i think um you know and then maybe if she did look like that maybe it would have been that more believable you know and at the end she puts on the skin and the hair and stuff like that and you you know you look at her and you're like wow you know she does look like a human and sort of reacts like a human she's you know in love with nature at the end of the movie um, and then at the end, she's kind of like, what, she's shopping or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> she, went, she, went, she went to the intersection that she wanted to oh, see. Oh, that was the intersection? Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed that. It did seem like she was out for a day at like Yeah. Like, like I thought she went, like she was like window shopping and then you see her reflection in the mirror and then she just kind of moves away, moves out of frame. But um, No, I think the whole, but I think that I, to me, I feel like they explain the idea that Oscar Isaac leaves her kind of barren because... It's kind of his test of like, can I make this human fall in love with this AI, even though he knows that it's an AI? Mm-hmm. Like he feels like that's the final test. Yeah, he's gotten through the idea of having her on the other end of the yeah. phone, and somebody else was like, "Wow, this feels like I'm having an actual conversation yeah. with somebody." Yeah, like so yeah, the pleasure he, was finding out that he would knowingly fall in love with the AI, that she could be that convincing where she could yeah. deceive. 
she can transcend the idea yeah. that she looks like a robot and just mm-hmm. feels so real to Caleb that he's yeah. like. The, 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 but the, she has the, to the put actual... on clothes. You know, she has to put on her thigh high socks and her dress and her wig. And then, you know, he looks at her and he's like, wow, you look beautiful. You know, so. <laughs> I think that, but again, I think that was a tactic on her part to make him feel sympathy yeah, for her. Trickery. And she's like, oh, I just yeah. want to look like a human, feel bad for me type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, cause I mean, really, it, the, he, I'm pretty sure the whole, throughout the movie, he thought Kyoko was a human. Like, I think that that kind of worked. Why didn't she make noises when she was walking? Cause like, you know. You, she does actually when she starts See, peeling was, off her skin. I was thinking about that too, but I think it's one of those things where probably the skin just has like insane noise damage. <laughs> Insulation. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like that that was something that was very clear about any time you saw Ava was that you get this real weird like Rinsler little, hum going on. Little whirring noises yeah. from her. Yeah. yeah. So so and I and I like loved that. And the fact that Kyoko didn't have any of that going on. Yeah. I think it was very much one of those things where you're supposed to think this is probably some Japanese woman that Oscar Isaac found so that she can't understand English and can't give away any trade secrets that he discusses. But then you realize, no, yeah. she's a robot that he programmed to dance. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the scene where they turn on him is really striking because the the shot of Ava running down the hallway towards him was absolutely terrifying i was like oh my god she's running and i don't know if you can stop her (laughs) like we didn't in that moment it like her 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 strength was never discussed and Mm -hmm. i think that we automatically assume that that robots are stronger than us yeah and it seemed like they weren't like he kind of made them so they were average human strength because he pretty quickly he didn't seem light on her feet he didn't seem nervous at all he was kind of like stop it like when she was choking him out he's like cut it out and just kind of quickly overcame her but that was another thing that seemed sloppy about the ending was i think he knew he knew what what she was capable of she knew she he knew she wanted to murder him essentially and it it just felt sloppy i was like you're just gonna let yoko walk up and stab you and then like i don't know he saw them together like seemed like he's a smart enough guy where he'd go "Uh oh there's two of them i'm like oh i should do something about it. Get a shotgun. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're clearly not. I mean, he just busted her Or up I should them. hit the red button that I've programmed yeah, to turn grab my remote off. control yeah. that says Or not off. punch out the other human that can help me in this scenario <laughs> and go, hey, man, listen, I know you're a little mad at me right now, but they will kill us. Yeah. So there were there was a lot about the ending that was very... My, my disbelief was finally like brought into question. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't know about all this. These seem like some questionable decisions for a genius to make. So... And Again, would, like you know, I said would, last night, maybe the, the serial killer theory of he wanted to just be done. I think it could also be like a lack of hubris kind of thing. Just like, look at how great I am. I made this thing and I'm just not even thinking that somebody could be could outwit me in the sense of like... I'm yeah. God. It, <laughs> still, I still think it's lacking in the sense of like, I would assume somebody who lives off of the grid with his own internet and blah, 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 would still have some kind of... Yeah, it wasn't plan. clearly defined in any one direction whether whether or not it was him having too inflated of an ego. Like I just wanted a little more explanation as to why the characters made the decisions they did. Because even for Donald Gleason to turn on him like that seemed really drastic. I was like, "Damn, dude, you're just gonna." I mean, seems like a bad idea. And I think this is where the idea of it becoming a smaller, more intimate story, maybe giving us more on these characters, wouldn't yeah. have been a bad thing. A little bit more. I mean, it's, it's already a pretty reasonably length of a movie like a little more time probably wouldn't hurt it 
especially with Oscar Isaac, to know a little bit more about what motivates him and why he is the way he is and maybe make him more of the way he is. Yeah. Give us, because he, you know, like I said, he didn't seem too extreme. Yeah. He didn't seem that out of control in love with himself. He was more just a guy who seemed entertained by the possibilities of everything. It wasn't like a huge ego on him. Like, I didn't get like a Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Zuckerberg vibe off of him or anything. But you do get a little bit of the, like, him remarking on Caleb's comment about, you call me a god, like that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that like really he starts kind of getting there, but that's the it last felt like a really, joke though. Like yeah. it felt like he was just stringing him on as he did with like all the other things he said to him. <laughs> just like, oh, that's a great quote, buddy. I'm gonna have to remember that. He no, was I very, didn't say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. They yeah. had a good they had a good dynamic on Absolutely. screen. Absolutely, absolutely. I wonder if they will interact at all in Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dance scene. Amazing. The dance scene. Yeah. So good. Really bizarre and enter- entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And it was such a cool segue into it where he, he said, I remember what he said something. He said something like, Something's about to tear. You teared up her picture. Yeah, you tore up her picture. picture. And then he goes, I'm going to fucking tear up this dance floor. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. No, it was a very, I think that that scene, I'm, I'm certain that at some point I'll read somebody saying that scene was stupid and unnecessary and just distracting. Come on. I thought it was great. It was entertaining, definitely. I don't, I'm not sure. It didn't, know, it didn't yeah. really serve a purpose, but it was other than just to show he's a little strange. But it was fun to watch. It was, it was choreographed too. It was almost, they were they were almost dancing the same moves. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The look on his face, the like, the, the reaction shots of Donald Gleason were pretty hysterical. <laughs> just just like, going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. 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 Any uh, final thoughts? You know, I, th- I I'm disappointed in myself because I think I could have had a much more in-depth intelligent discussion of what this movie's actually about rather than just commenting on like oh, I didn't like that scene the <laughs> ending like uh, mm-hmm. I think that there's a there is a lot to talk about with this movie and I hope people listening you know go see it and and have their have a friend or two go see it so you can have a conversation about it because yeah. I think it's it's a really fascinating subject for a movie to be made about and I think it it's a very important thing to talk about probably like how how far do we really want to go i'm already surprised when i pull up like google maps and it knows kind of already what i'm looking for or like yelp and these kind of programs that are simple things on my phone that don't have a name or a face but already my phone, my phone tells me when i'm at work it's five minutes you'd be able to get home in 19 minutes or something right. like that you're like and I already disable a lot of notifications. I turn off location access on a lot of my phone apps, and I'm fairly certain that someone is just stealing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling it not to let me know. <laughs> like like, like Oscar, Oscar Isaac says, who's like... Right, which is a hilarious line and probably <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, the manufacturers of all the cell phone companies. Yeah. yeah. I was hacking into all of them. You what? You hacked into all the... Yeah, but they were already doing it, so they couldn't call me on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I'm sure it's happening, but... It's just, it's an interesting thing to kind of be aware of. I think that more movies about this kind of subject matter, about AI and just, and data gathering. And there were, there were some really fascinating subjects explored in this movie. And I wish we could get more of that in the future. Totally. One I want to talk about is the Jackson Pollock painting, because I think that scene um, says a lot about, about, uh, you know, things like nature versus nurture. Like, do you know that you're going to make, a mark on a painting or do you just do it and then kind of form the the idea there mm-hmm. you know and um that that was a really good conversation that they had so there's lots of good bits in this movie 
that they talk about. And there and, are lots of great conversations. Like Alex Garland's yeah. dialogue is very good. Yeah, you know? I mean, he it's obviously been proven he knows how to write. But mm-hmm. there there are some very. I found myself looking forward to the exchanges between Caleb and Nathan more than the exchanges between Caleb and Ava. Mm-hmm. They were they were very good too, but I was really more looking forward to the human scenes because I was like, <laughs> these guys are really interesting. But yeah. you kind of knew what you were getting out of the like you knew that Donald or Caleb was there to like figure out if what what Ava is and uh-huh. figure out like mm-hmm. fine. I I want to touch on that too, but with the with the Caleb and Nathan, you didn't really quite know like exactly what they were going to talk about and how mm-hmm. they were going to get there. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say, and that I'm a little disappointed isn't there, but maybe it just wasn't part of the story, was that I was kind of expecting where were we going to find the limit of Ava's capability? Where was the tu- where was she going to fail the Turing test? And the fact that that doesn't happen, I think, is very much like a necessity on where they want the story to go. But I did kind of... Like, I think Lance at one point last night said it would have been interesting to know where the limitations of the other ones were. Like, why did the other ones mm-hmm. fail or what was improved upon with them? Yeah. And and I feel like there's something within those two topics where I would kind of, I think the movie could have a little bit more on it. And it might mm-hmm. inform a little bit of what they're doing there and why Oscar Isaac is testing her this way and that kind of thing. So She was really good at, because um, there was one... AI that was like, why don't you let me out? Why don't you let me out? Yeah. And then that's the one that broke her hand on the door. And I think Ava kind of played it cool. Enough. She had the tact. Yeah. She was kind of like what humans do sometimes to get what they want. You know, it's, they, they trick you and they Soci- you. sociopaths. You mean. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not humans, not all humans. I'm sorry. No, I'm not lumping everybody in. You know, not everyone's a sociopath. Okay. I mean, probably two out of three people in this room are not. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, she uh, she like it's kind of like that thing. It's like if you don't want it, then you're not desperate for it, and then people don't, you know, people don't. are okay with yeah. having it. At yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All right, I think that's it for Ex Machina. Uh, if you want to have more discussion about it, please write in feedback at midwestfilmers dot com. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I always say the uh at that point. I don't know why my brain pauses when I'm trying to remember what the what the Twitter and Instagram it's is. It's on the teleprompter, Alex. Well, you know, if I could read, that would be <laughs> Yeah, you got to do that first. Um, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine, 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636 is where you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We might talk about it on the show. Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop on Amazon and part of your purchase will come to us so we can make our shows and network better. Um, What else do we have going on? There should be an episode of Midwest Game Nerds out very soon. It's on Mortal Kombat. I was on it. I thought it was good. You guys should check it out. And uh, we are seeing Avengers tomorrow night. Avengers Age of Ultron will be out tomorrow so look forward to our review of that next week. Other than that, I think that covers everything. Kylex Y, go watch a movie.